Good morning. You know, a number of people actually told me, why don't I preach like Father Walsh and Father Adam so nicely and uh, come up here and preach? The answer is, I'm going to give it to you. You know, a couple of weeks back, one of the choir directors asked me to speak to one of the choir members. He thinks this guy doesn't sing at all. He told me, Father, he sings horribly, but he thinks he is a Luciano Pavarotti, you know. But so I really wanted to talk to him and tell him that he must take up something else in the church, maybe another ministry. So I called him and I told him, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings. So I told him nicely, you can't sing. That is what I was told. Therefore, you should take up something in the church. So at least he told me 10 people came to tell me this, you can't sing. So he looked at my face. Well, Father, 10 people, that is nothing. You know, at least 100 people told me, you can't preach. <laughs> Are you going to take up something else in the church? You know? So I gave you the answer. <laughs> Let's uh, Sea of Galilee is a freshwater lake. It's about 12 miles long and 6 miles wide. Perhaps I think it's probably like 10 to 15 times bigger than uh, our biggest lake around here, uh, the Maitland Lake. I just assume. So the fishing was the main activity on the lake. It is surrounded by high hills on all sides. In the New Testament, it is referred to as the Lake of Genesareth, like you heard in the Gospel today, Lake of Tiberias, and the Sea of Galilee is so a one thing. Geographically, Jesus' preaching was centered around this uh, lake. Jesus called his first disciples away from their fishing fleets in this, uh, on this uh, lake shore, you just heard today. It was a natural barrier between the Jewish side and Gentile side. Mark tells about Jesus crossing this lake number of times. This crossing turned the Sea of Galilee into a bridge that brought the Jewish people and the Gentiles together through Jesus' preaching and healing activities. A number of Jesus' miracles took place here. Jesus calming the sea, Mark 4, 35. Jesus walking on the water, Mark 6, 45 to 52. And the post-resurrection breakfast scene and the Peter's confession, all these things took place on the shore of this lake. So it's a famous lake. So I want to take you to some of the miracles that happened before it. And Peter, we assume, have seen these miracles of Jesus. This is not the first miracle Peter witnessed, being part of a Jewish community, and Jesus is known to everybody, and of course being a, 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 a leader, a fisherman, lead fisherman, everybody knows him. So, they say Peter must have been part of the wedding at Cana. He has seen Jesus changing the water into wine. But that didn't really bother him. It did not impress him at all because Peter 
always carried his fish with him. So whenever he wants to have a drink, he will open it and he'll have a sip, sometime a gulp. So he didn't worry whether they have wine or not. He always had wine with him, you know. Most of them carried little wine. And again, Peter also witnessed many healing of Jesus and that also did not impress him. So for winemaking, uh, for Peter was something simple. He put some fresh grapes uh, in a barrel, pour some water, put some sugar and some stuff and keep it for a couple of weeks, open it, bingo, it's wine. So it wasn't really a matter of uh, excitement for Peter. And even for casting out devil from people, demoniac. He has seen the Jewish magicians doing the same. So that also did not impress uh, Peter at all. But this fish was a different story altogether. That really, really got him. So today you heard in the gospel, Peter and friends were fishing all night. They had caught only few dead crabs. You know, an old sandal somebody threw into the lake, a broken pot, some burned firewoods, hopelessness, frustration. They were angry at each other. They were boisterous. They were yelling at each other. They were really mad because they didn't catch anything working all night. And they come along Jesus and Jesus tell them, cool down guys. Hakuna Matata, you know. I don't think Jesus said that, but something similar, he was a cool guy, you know, he was a cool guy. Cool down. And he told them, why don't you cast out your net this side? And they looked at him and Peter said, do you think that we are so stupid? We have been fishing entire life. I was a fisherman's son and I started fishing my young age. I know this sea so well. I can smell the fish here. And you come to tell us, do this casting again. It is different ball game than changing the water into wine. It's something else. But Jesus had this mesmerizing personality. If you look at his eyes, you can't say no. That is one of the reasons that you are here in this church for this mass. I know some of you probably want to stay at home and watch TV or something. But Jesus pulled you out, come along to church, correct? So this mesmerizing personality of Jesus compelled them in a way to throw this net out into the sea again, which they did. Suddenly there was a kind of rush in the lake. It moved all over. The boat was almost pulled down. Nets were filled with all kinds of fish, tilapia, bass, catfish, eel, whitefish, and many other fishes. Suddenly, Peter realized he has been touched by Jesus. He realized it is not the fish they caught. Jesus also caught me. You know, what a realization that would have been. Jesus caught me and he touched me. And when he realized he is standing in the company of God, he shouted, Get away from me, I'm a sinful man, go away. Isaiah, the first reading also did the same thing. He said, how wretched I am. I can't touch God, go away, let me die. There is an African proverb that says, 
it is not good to be too near to a chief it is not good to be too near to a king except when you are called it is not good to be near god because we are going to die but that is all different story when god calls you and ask you to come near to you peter fell on his knees james and john as well jesus said be not afraid follow me and you will catch men and women together with me just uh, i am catching you now their life changed completely they lost their lives they've won something new refreshing and precious this is exactly same risk we exactly same risk we have when you live with jesus this is not the reason that is not the that is the main reason it is so hard for us to really with him it is a very reason we find difficulty in praying our nature tells us don't pray if you pray you are going to be caught and when you are going to be caught jesus is going to send to you and we had a 84 plus confirmation confirmandis on friday evening they all confirmed and bishop dip his thumb into the oil of chrism and anoint each person says be sealed with the gifts of the holy spirit i'm inducing into you the gifts of the holy spirit empowering you with the holy spirit he touching you go forth be a christian who can defend the church who can be a soldier in the church be a preacher in the church be a priest be a nun or anything that matter and we have right now after this homily of mine there could be a few of them going to be received into church father walsh is going to confirm them same thing is going to touch them and send them again so to be touched means to be sent by him and purpose of his sending and his touching is with just one aim his kingdom come his kingdom come i'm going to conclude my sermon with uh, the last sentence of the first reading today then i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send who will go for us and so is here i am i said send me amen